Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Vineyard Church Podcast. We are in 2024, and there are a lot of exciting things going on here at the church. Chris has some updates today in regards to bridging the gap, and we also have some very exciting news about the future of our church. I'm not going to keep you waiting, so here's Chris. Well, Happy New Year. Good to see you guys. Hey, welcome to 2024. I think this is going to be the best year ever. Uh, I know you watch the news and everything and everybody's predicting chaos and all that stuff. Forget about that. That doesn't matter. What God's going to do here in the vineyard, through the vineyard, over uh, over the course of the next 12 to who knows how many months is going to be amazing and we're going to have a great ride together. So glad that you're here. If you're new with us, um, we had our Christmas Eve service. If you came to Christmas Eve and you came back uh, and you're like, hey, I'm here. I want to see what a regular service is like. Well, it's not normally like what Christmas Eve was like, um, which is great. But today is going to be a little different as well. we'll kick off a new sermon series next week on, on the topic of fear. It's called Fear Not, Living Unafraid in a World Gone Mad. And so we're going to spend about 10, 11 weeks unpacking that. It is not a guilt series. So please don't, you know, when you hear fear not, I'm not going to beat you up if you deal with anxiety or fear. We're going to walk out of it together. It's going to be a great series. Bring somebody with you. This week, however, we are looking at vision and where God is taking us from here. And I think you're going to be excited. I have a big announcement at the end and uh, fun stuff coming. Last March, um, We did a series, six-week series, called Bridging the Gap. Do you remember that? Say yes. All right. So if you're new, you don't remember that, but I want to give you a little recap on what Bridging the Gap is and give you a bit of an update. Um, We set out to build what we were calling bridges. We're using bridge as a metaphor. And the four bridges, we're going to build a bridge between God and the people that He loves, right? And we're going to build a bridge to the next generation, a bridge to families, a bridge to the broken, and a bridge to the least. The bridge to the least was a, a project that we have been working on in Costa Rica over the last couple of years. We started a, a, a separate nonprofit feeding kids on the streets of San Jose, Costa Rica. It's pre- been a pretty amazing ride. Um, when I was down there the first time, standing next to this little tin shack where they have church and where they're feeding 100 kids a day, they barely fit in, the, they, they don't really fit in the building at all. It was like the first thing I saw was this little piece of property next door and said, they, they're going to need an expansion eventually. And, uh, and so we set out to raise the money to put that expansion on there and to buy that piece of property. And so um, all of these bridges cost money. So part of what bridging the gap was, was I said, hey, we need to raise uh, $2.5 million. You guys pledged close to $3 million. And, uh, and, I'm, and because you have been so incredibly generous, we are ahead of schedule on that money coming in, on the pledges coming in, which has enabled us to be very aggressive about pursuing these bridges, which is awesome. So don't stop. Um, we were able to purchase that land right away. I'll to show you a picture of it. Let's see. Not my butt picture. There we go. Um, this make my anyway. Um, <laughs> ADD. All right. So that is a game-changing piece of property. Now the thing about the thing about Costa Rica is you know San Jose is a two million person city, uh, but they have these slums, um, and this slum is just sprung up along a, a creek. Um, and literally just rusted tin shacks, people living in conditions you couldn't get your head around, even if I showed you pictures. 
Um, and so uh, there's a church in the middle of this, and we part, we're partnered with Pastor Cesar, and, uh, and we're feeding these kids uh, every weekday, but they needed a, a bigger building. So in December, I took uh, a couple contractors from the church down. I think we have a picture of that. And, uh, and, and we, we decided we're going we're gonna to put the plan together and we're going to get this ball rolling. So we purchased the property right away um, and spent some time with uh, Pastor Cesar. And then this is kind of the, the rough draft of the building that we're going to put in the middle of this slum. That's not the picture. Y'all do need Jesus, by the way. All right, so um, anyway, uh, compared to what's there, uh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be a, just a ray of light in the midst of a very, very sad community. It's going to enable them to grow a church and reach more people in their community and enable them to feed literally uh, 100-plus kids in a way that's actually respectable. We had a Christmas party while we were there, and the, um, you couldn't have put another kid in the building. You, you just couldn't have. It was, it was just, there's just not enough room. So way to go. Vineyard, uh, we are going to begin. Um, we're going to begin the project this summer and hopefully finish it in a couple of weeks. We're going to try and take some people down with us for a couple of trips. And uh, if you're interested in being a part of that, there'll be more information in the weeks to come on how to get in on that. All right, the second bridge was a bridge to the broken. Uh, you might, if you were around a couple years ago, we raised the money to launch a men's Hope Center. If you don't know what Hope Center is, it's a year-long recovery, residential recovery program. Let's hear it for the Men's Hope Center that launched last year. <clears throat> we knew we needed a women's center as well. And so, uh, guys, because of your outrageous generosity, we were able to write that check right away. Uh, and we are actively looking for a house. The only reason it's not open yet is because we haven't been able to find an appropriate house. So pray for an appropriate house. Um, and, uh, you know, I, t uh, Tim from Hope Center is, is telling me we'll have it open by April, uh, but we don't have a house yet. So it should open this year uh, for sure. And, um, and that just is such a huge need in our community. The third bridge... Uh, is a bridge to the next generation. And as you guys know, we purchased the building on the corner of 10th and Main uh, a while back, uh, and we wanted to create a space that kids would be so compelled by that they would drag their parents to church. And, uh, and so we, uh, we knew that that building needed to be renovated, and it is in the process of being renovated. Uh, so it's going to be our kids' um, kids center for Sunday morning. Um, and um, construction is underway. I know we, we announced not too long ago that we, we uh, were in the demo phase. I walked through on Thursday, and I was jaw-dropped. Take a look at this video. This is what they got done. So it's moving along. Um, it, when it's done, it's going to be amazing. Kids from all over our community are going to want to be there, and they're going to drag their parents to church, which is super exciting. The other side of that that project, that building project, is the kids' um, child care center. Uh, one of the big needs next to dealing with addiction in our community is child care. There's a two- to three-year waiting list that we've talked about. In the process of all of this, God miraculously connected us with um, a guy named Nelson. Nelson is the godfather of Christian-based 
uh, child care centers. He's launched over a hundred of them around the country, very successful, and he has partnered with us. He's going to be running our center and helping us get it open. One of the things we were warned about is opening a child care in the state of West Virginia is a nightmare. Well, Nelson knows all the ins and outs, and he's navigating all of that for us. We got a $200,000 grant from the city to build a playground and a piece of property out back to build a playground. So that was huge. As you can imagine, this is going to cost a lot more than $2.5 million, um, and over 50% were expecting to be covered by tax credits. So that's huge. I want you to know that as the leadership of the church, we're leaning into every possibility uh, to, to get it done and get it done with excellence. And so that's going to be happening, uh, and that's unfolding. When it opens, we'll be serving 300 or 230-plus kids. That adds 26 to 27 percent capacity to the child care capacity of our town. That's huge. Like, if you want to change the future of a community, you, ch you invest in the, in the next generation. And if you're going to invest in the next generation, invest in a big proportion of it. That's what we're doing. So that's, uh, that's going to launch Lord willing and the crick don't rise. That will launch in August. Um, and so that center will be open and running uh, with kids in August. And our our program will move back over to that facility at that point too. So guys, that's the next, uh, I don't know, 12 to, to 16 months. Bridging the gap goes from April last year to April next year. And so that's a two-year two year thing. And, uh, and so in those two years, I think God will have transformed our church in some pretty amazing ways. In fact, I think as we look back on the story of our church, we're a 45-year-old church this year. As we look back on the story of our church, I think we're going to look at this period of time as a monumental pivot point in the story of what God was doing. Like, like we are, my sense is we are entering a new season of ministry and fruitfulness that is going to blow our minds. And uh, I'm so excited for it. Um, and, and guys, all of those projects are in addition to what we do here on Sunday mornings, our kids, our youth, our college, all of our adult programming, small groups, alpha classes, weddings, funerals, counseling, all of it. All of that goes on. And so I want to ask you, as we go through the next 16 months, please be praying. If this is not on, if your church is not on your prayer list, put your church on your prayer list and pray regularly because this is, this, this is huge stuff. It's a lot of stuff. And I will say this, as we watch it unfold, it's clear that God's hand's on it, that he's making it happen. Uh, but all the prayer, the more prayer, the better as far as, as I'm concerned. All right. Today, what I want to do, that's, that's our update, okay? So I, I hope that's encouraging for you. Today, what I want to do is I want to raise our vision beyond the next 16 months a little bit. Uh, and I hesitate to do that because we need to finish well. We need to get through the next 16 months. We need to get bridging the gap landed. We need to get these projects completed. All of those things need to happen. And I don't want us to take our eye off the ball, but it's important as we, as we plan for the future beyond that, and we are thinking about the future beyond that, we're praying about the future beyond that, um, it's important that we, that we are all aware of where we're going from here. And I've got some exciting news to share. 
Again, I think bridging the gap, if we look back on the history of our church, specifically those six weeks last April and March would be a landmark period of time. That would be a time where I think God crystallized in our collective conscious as a church who we are and what we're about. Um, the four projects themselves are huge uh, and will, will have generational impacts for years and years to come. But there was something bigger going on in the midst of that. And I think what that was, was God was clarifying who we are, what we're about, and calling us to that next season of ministry. Um, if you remember back to that series, if you were around then, I shared that we are a bridge-building ministry. That's what we do. We build bridges between God and the people that He loves. That's what He's called us to. And I could list off a bunch of Scriptures right now. We've listed them off in the past. I've read them to you. But you know this. We are about building bridges. We are about reaching people who are far from God and bridging the gap between He and them. Our mission statement really reflects this. Our mission statement is, does anybody remember? Look on your pen. Helping. You guys are better than that. Helping people find and follow God. And that comes from the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, which says, go, Jesus, let me back up, Jesus, before he leaves, calls his disciples together and goes, here are the marching orders. I'm giving you three things to do. This is what it's about. And he gives them these three things. He says, go and make disciples. In other words, go and build bridges between me and people who don't know me yet. Go build bridges. Go make the introduction. Make the connection. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So baptizing is, is part of that commission. And then third, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Teach them how to follow me. Helping people what? Find and follow God. It's a bridge-building mission. And then he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I love that part. Because... That's true. And my, my observation has been churches and people who are about the mission that Jesus gave us, who are about, who focus their lives on helping people find God and follow God. When we stay on mission, God's presence is powerful in our midst. And we certainly see that here, and I see that everywhere I look where people are on mission with Jesus. His presence is powerful. He surely is with us to the very end of the age. What happened during Bridging the Gap is that that whole idea of being a bridge-building ministry really became crystal clear. I was thinking back to a conversation with Todd Hunter. Todd's one of the guys that planted this church in 1979. And uh, I was having a conversation with him and asking him about how, you know, how it all got started. And one of the things he said, he said, he said it, was, it just felt unjust to us that there was a generation of people. They were baby boomers. He was like 19 or 20 at the time. And the baby boomers were missing Jesus because they couldn't connect with the church. To go to church back then, you had to put on a tie and a suit and wear shoes. I know, shoes, it's crazy. Uh, all that stuff. To, in order, and, and their generation was just, I mean, it was just completely different, and they were missing Jesus. And, and so what they felt was that God had called them 
to take this new kind of church that was emerging out on the west coast of the United States of America and bring it to the kids back east, to build a bridge between Jesus and a generation to the kids back east. And, uh, and for 45 years, we've been building bridges. That's what we do. You know, bridging the gap wasn't named for the bridge just outside the door here. That bridge just happens to be a wonderful metaphor for who we are and what God has called us to. The fact that, that, um, that it's two feet away is just like a big exclamation point on the end of the sentence. We, bridge, building bridges, that's our story. That's our mission. And I would suggest that's who we are and who God has called us to be. Now, some uh, expanded bridge-building vision. When God called Todd and Debbie Hunter and their team here back in 1979 to plant this church, and uh, if you're not familiar with the Jesus Revolution movie, anybody not seen Jesus Revolution? If you haven't, don't raise your hand. If you've not seen it, uh, I want to encourage you to watch it. Uh, That's the church that planted this church. That's the movement that, that launched this church. This was the first one east of the Mississippi River. So God sent them from out in California here to, bring, to build bridges to the kids back east, and now it's gone into a multi-generational thing, and they planted churches all over the eastern United States from this church. Now, there is nothing strategic about coming to Wheeling, West Virginia to do that. Like, if you're going to come to the East Coast to launch a movement of churches, you go to Atlanta, or you go to D.C., or you go somewhere like that. But God told them specifically, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it was very specific, you are to go to Wheeling, West Virginia. And they did, and they planted churches and built bridges all over the eastern United States out of this church. And here we are 45 years later, and there are no churches besides this one here. And and asking the Lord, why here? Why wheeling? I just had this sense. There's a whole region, a whole state that's been largely overlooked by this next-generation bridge-building church movement. You know, if you travel around the state of West Virginia, if you, you travel around Appalachia, there aren't a lot of churches like this one. But what we do have is a healthy, vibrant, fully alive church in the region, perfectly positioned and capable of reaching a state and a region. And I believe that's what God is calling us to do next. Now, if you've been around for a while, we've been talking about this, and we had COVID in the middle and some other things that happened, and I believe God's been putting the pieces together to get ready to do this, to put a campus of this church in every county in West Virginia and maybe well beyond. Now, this isn't going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen. We've already done it once. If you were around in 2015 or so, we launched a campus at the Highlands 
at the marquee cinemas just as an experiment and because we were out of space it was before we got the capital to meet in we we didn't have space on warden run road anymore and we were trying to figure out how to to make more space for people and uh and we ran that that campus for a number of years it was incredibly successful we learned a lot and um you know what we learned it works and what we did is we simulcast the sermon so that came in via video. There was a live worship team, a campus pastor. They're building community in, the, in that community. We were able to reach into western Pennsylvania in a way we never were able to before. And the church grew. It was a neat, neat season. And we know how to do it. And it works. Well, during Bridging the Gap, I had a, a, a couple come up to me after one of the services. And they they said, oh, we came the first week just to, you know, we're from New Martinsville. Uh, we came the first week to, to bridging the gap because our granddaughter was baptized that week. And I said, oh, that's cool. I said, and you came back. <laughs> that's great. And they's like, we can't not come back. We love, we're captivated by this vision. And I'm like, well, what's God doing in New Martinsville? And they said, well, you know, we feel like God's called us to plant a church in New Martinsville, West Virginia. I said, Really? I said, that's interesting because we feel like God's called us to plant a church in New Martinsville, West Virginia. And we began a conversation, and that conversation's continuing. They're really, really neat folks. And uh, guys, I think New Martinsville will be our first church launch, um, which will be happening not in the next 16 months because we have too many things uh, going on, but will be happening not long after that. So that's super, super exciting. And that's the first of many. Now, here's what I know. And this is the important part of this, this entire service. If you only hear one thing, and you'll hear more than one thing. To do that, you need to be in the team. To do, to do what God is calling us to do, there is a part for you to play. And there are some of us who have been cruising through our own lives for a while and going, wow, where, where do I fit in? What's my part to play? God is going to be calling you up. Am I there? There we go. If he hasn't already. And so here's what I want to challenge you to. Listen. Pray. It might be being part of a team. It might be leading a team to go plant one of these campuses. Uh, it might be being part of a team here in Wheeling. Uh, I don't know what it is, but every one of us has a part to play. And so be praying about that. Be listening for his voice and be open to him using you in a bigger and greater way than he ever has before. Okay? That's the challenge for that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm telling a story, so I'm going to come back. So it all comes back to bridge, bridging the gap, really. So when we came out, coming out of bridging the gap and getting started on the project across the street, one of the things that we, um, we understood was we had the potential to really confuse our community. <laughs> we, had, uh, we were going to have the Child Care Academy. We were going to have the, uh, the cafe. We were going to have the church. We we're going to have the building. Um, we had a huge opportunity. We have a huge opportunity to create a lot of buzz, to reach deeper into our community, to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but if we confuse them, we would be done. And so we understood that we we're probably in a little over our heads. And at that time, I was at a conference in Pittsburgh, and I ran into a guy who had started an organization called Sprout. And Sprout helps churches and businesses, but they love doing churches, 
figure out how to communicate with their communities through, through branding and naming and, and just how, how we say what we say and where we say it. And, um, and so it was one of those m- moments at a conference where I stepped out of the conference, I ran into the guy, Jason, who founded it in the, the hallway, and we ended up sitting down and skipping the conference and having an hour and a half long conversation. And I, said, I told him, I said, Jason, I've been looking for you for, for years. I need somebody who can help us understand who we are better and under, from the outside looking in and who can help us understand our community better uh, and who is in our community and how we speak the language from where we are to where our community is. One of the things about our church is it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the best kept secrets in Wheeling, West Virginia. Every time I meet somebody who shows up, they're like, this is amazing. If I had known this was here, I would have been here 20 years ago. Um, and so um, we wanted to take advantage of, of that opportunity. And so we ended up hiring Sprout to come in and help us figure all that out at the beginning of this very large project. And so uh, they came in, they interviewed 10 community leaders. They did man-on-the-street interviews. They did focus groups throughout the church and the community. They met with our staff and our advisory board. They did man-on-the-street interviews. Uh, and, and, um, and they found out some really cool stuff. Uh, and I, I'm going to share just kind of insights on our church real quick with you because I think it's just super encouraging. They said, I, we could list 30 things about your church. You know, your biblical uh, you know, the presence of God. There, there are some things that are pretty obvious about your church that are, that are really good. They said, but these are the things that we see set you apart from, like, th- these are just really different and special. And they said, five things they gave us. And the first one, they said, your people are happy to be here. Like, like this is a, th- there's no sense of pretense or Put like, ah, oh, it's a duty. I got to go to church. Like, this is the best hour of their week. If they're in a small group, it's the best, that's the best hour of their week. The, the, people come because they want to come, because it's fun, because it's family, because they experience the presence of God. People are genuinely happy to be here. They said, that's not the case everywhere. <laughs> and they work all over the country. The other thing they said, or the second thing they said, is, you guys are really real. In other words, they said everybody wants to throw around the word, we're authentic, you know, authenticity is the big thing. And they said, but you guys aren't even trying to be authentic, you just are. You're really real. And that is a breath of fresh air. You can feel it when you walk in to the church. The third thing they said is that you guys have compassion first. They said, very rarely do you find a church where you have somebody who spent the night in a shelter worshiping next to somebody who's the CEO of a bank or a hospital or something like that. Now, you oftentimes have, you know, the CEOs come in and do a ministry thing at a shelter or something, but just because you're brothers and sisters and you've got everybody in between, you guys are reaching out to the, the least in your community and the least around the world. God's heart just beats in this church. I'm like, man, that's really encouraging. At one point, they were interviewing, um, they were doing the man on the street interviews, and they asked this woman, they said, when I say the vineyard church, what, to, you know, what comes to mind? And she looked at him kind of like, like it was a bad thing and said, 
Not that the vineyard is a bad thing. But she, she, she said, isn't that that church where anyone can go? Like, yeah. Like that was a bad thing. Like it's a church where, yeah, anyone can come here. The fourth thing that they observed is that as a church, we're willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish the mission. If that's opening a, a campus in a movie theater, we'll open a campus in a movie theater. If that's moving out of an established building that we've been in for 22 years to go portable at 40-some years, uh, then we'll do that. We'll go anywhere. We'll do anything, whatever it takes. We'll build it. And we're not going to wait around for the government to fix the problem. We'll fix the problem. And the fifth thing they said that's a defining characteristic for us is we go. We go. We will not sit around and make it all about us, but we will go wherever we need to go, wherever God is calling us to bring His gospel, His grace, His community, His church, His salvation to the world around us. We're not just going to sit around and, and entertain ourselves we are going to go, and we do. And they said that was incredibly obvious as well. And then what they said was, this is not the case everywhere. It would be very easy because you guys just live in this to take it for granted. I said, don't do it. What you have going on here is incredibly special. And I wanted to encourage you with that. So the question as we began the process of figuring out what we're going to call everything and how we're going to communicate it. One of the questions was, what were we going to call the child care center? Some churches will call just, you know, the name of the church. Other churches will come up with some other name to position it in the community and people's minds and all of that. And that was an important question to ask. There are strategic reasons to have a different name, and we've certainly considered that. But they came back, their first insight was, they came back and they said, it has to be the same name as the church. And here's why. You don't have a church building in downtown Wheeling to put your name on. Uh, you have the most visible corner in the entire city. You're, the name of the church needs to be on the building. And so we'll, we will create confusion if we call, call it something, something else. And so they're going, the church and the child care are going to need to share a name. So then the question was, do we just call it the Vineyard Child Care Center, the Vineyard cafe, the vineyard building, you know, on and on. And I told him, I said, everything's on the table, even the V guy. You guys know the V guy? Is he up there? I'm not going to turn around because I don't want you to see my butt. Yeah, there he is. All right, so I remember when the V guy was born, it was like 2002, 2003, he was red when he was born. And um, and uh, eventually he became blue. But I've been told by people who are more in tune with these things than I am that, you know, 20 years is a long run and that he would need to be updated at the very least. And so even the V guy was on the table. Um, and so as we were considering all that, I had this sense that God was up to something a little bit bigger through all of this. You know, in the Bible... God does some pretty interesting things, but one of the things that he does consistently is he will call someone up to a bigger vision, a bigger purpose, a new season in their life, 
and he'll give them a new name. Abraham started out as Abram, which meant father. He changed his name to Abraham, as he t- which means father of nations, as he was calling him to be the father of nations. Peter was Simon. He gives Simon the name Peter as he's calling him to be the rock. On what Peter means rock. So he's calling him to, to be the rock on which he will build his church. He gives Saul a new name, Paul. He gives Jacob a new name, Israel. And I sensed, and we sensed together as we were praying our way through this, that God may be doing that with us. We are going into a new season of ministry, one that I think we'll look back and go, the best really was yet to come. Over the past year, he's called us to some really big things, and I think there are even bigger things on the horizon. Could he be giving us a new name? And we sensed that he was, and we kept coming back to bridging the gap, that we're a bridge-building ministry that our best bridges are in front of us, that we're going to build bridges and continue to build bridges because that's what he's called us to. So there's this spiritual sense of leading. There are practical reasons for a new name as well. We're building a network of churches across the state of West Virginia and the region. It would be smart to be able to to build build that name and that brand uh, and and to to uh, to be able to to manage that, and we're entering a new season, a fresh start, and I really think that we are. So, the big announcement: the name of the church is going to be changing. Now, if you've been around for any length of time in the vineyard, this is old hat for you. You know, in 1979, we were planted as Calvary Chapel, Wheeling, West Virginia. Did you know that? And then in the early 80s, it was changed to Vineyard Christian Fellowship. And then in the early 2000s, it was changed to the Vineyard Church of Wheeling. This is something that we have done over the years as it has made sense to do it. We don't have any sacred cows. Um, And so nothing new here, except for a name. So as of today, we will be known as... Let the tension build. Go ahead. Newbridge Church. I love this name because it is who we are, it is what we do, it is what we have been called to do to build new bridges. It just happens that we have an old bridge out here, but we live in a state whose whose icon is the new river bridge, the new bridge. Um, It points us forward, because one of the temptations for churches is to camp out on their old bridges. It keeps us looking forward. It keeps us moving forward. It keeps us on mission. It's very cool, and frankly, I believe it was a gift from God. So, you're like, well, what's that going to look like? Well, let me show you what it's going to look like. The church logo is going to look something like this. 
So it's Newbridge Church, in case you're wondering. We're not leaving the vineyard movement. We're still part of the vineyard denomination and plan to be uh, moving forward. And so that will help our community make the connection to the fact that this is the vineyard and bring, bring along some of the goodwill that we've built over the years. I love the logo. It's looking a little dark, but that's a, a navy, navy blue. And um, if you go out and look for bridge logos on Pinterest, which is where I spend all my time, by the way, um, the, uh, there aren't any good ones. They're all kind of cheesy and obvious. This one's a little sophisticated. They, I really love what they came up with. If you are sitting in a theater next to the suspension bridge or you're reading Newbridge underneath of it, you'll um, you probably get the idea that that's a profile picture of the suspension bridge. Right? But it's also an arrow pointing up, an arrow pointing up towards God or an arrow pointing forward. It's directional. It's where we're going. It's who we're following. And it's not obviously a bridge. You take away the bridge, uh, the new bridge word, and it's like, hmm, it makes you think a little bit. It's a great logo. The academy, the kids', the kids um, child care center, is going to be called Newbridge Academy for Kids. We're going to be doing a big announcement on this on February 15th, I believe. Uh, so that will be a press release and gathering for, with the press and everything. Now you'll see the logo is different, but it's the same. The same inside parts. These fit together. People will immediately recognize that they're tied together, but they're a different thing. The crest, though, when we interviewed moms, they wanted two things. They wanted safety. They wanted something that was safe, that communicated safety. Well, a shield communicates safety. But they also wanted something that was educational, that set their kids up. Am I gone again? I'm back. Set their kids up to excel and win at life. And so, you know, they don't want babysitting. They want an educational experience for their kids. And so Academy communicates that, but also a crest communicates that really well, too. And then lastly, we had this, we had, we started out, don't put this up yet, Donnie, uh, we, we started out with the cafe on Main Street thinking, well, it's going to be a, a place to gather on Sunday mornings. We didn't really want to open up a cafe during the week because, well, who wants to manage a cafe, Right. Am I right? So, uh, but one of the things that became apparent as this began to unfold is that that is a huge outreach opportunity. That is like the front door of the church all week long, people going by there to become a gathering place throughout the week where people can come, get a cup of coffee, get an introduction without having to come to church. And so we're going to figure out how to have that open throughout the week. But we needed a name for it that didn't make people feel like they were walking into a church to get a cup of coffee. They needed to walk into something that that wasn't the bar, right? And so we came up with the name NB Cafe. Take a look. Which, again, ties in if you know, but if you don't know, it's just a cafe on Main Street and a, a safe place for people to come. And so... 
Those are the brand, brand logo things that, the, that Sprout helped us come up with. Those are the names we'll be moving forward with, and you're going to see throughout the community and, um, and every, hopefully everywhere you look. Now, I want you to see how these three, three brands play together. It's just really cool when you put all three of them up at the same time. You can see that it's, it just all ties together beautifully. It will communicate wonderfully in our community. Now, here's the deal. We're going to be rolling this out over the next couple of weeks. Um, we pray for grace. If you show up next week and there's a vineyard sign still up, we're in the process. Um, so it, it takes time. In fact, this morning we're like, oh, we forgot about that, 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 and that. There's so many things to change. From a stewardship standpoint, it makes sense to do this now, not later. Uh, because it's time, it's time to refresh our stuff anyway, and, uh, and you don't want to undo things once you're down the road. So we'll be rolling it out over the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll have a new website. It's going to be newbridgechurch.us is the website address. Uh, if you go to vineyardwheeling.com, it'll forward. You'll get there. You'll get there. We're not going to make that go away. We're going to have new merch out at the tables, all kinds of fun stuff. Now, I want to ask something from every one of us. This is a big deal. Change can be hard emotionally, but change can be hard practically too, and I need your help. And so here's what I want to ask every one of us to do. Um, on your way out, I should have brought one up, you're going to get a Newbridge window sticker. You can put it on your car, you can put it on your bumper, you can put it on your... You're on the glass if you don't like to have stickers on your, on your paint. I get it. Um, even if you're not a sticker person, put it on the glass and leave it on there for the next six months as a favor to me, okay? Because one of the things that we need to do is everywhere people look, they need to see Newbridge Church, okay? So uh, you'll get one of those on the way out today. Uh, you're going to be seeing Newbridge all over social media. Here's what I need you to do. And I know it's going to be hard but you can do it. I know you can. Don't just look at it and go, oh, that's cool. Like it, share it, and comment. Even if the comment is, it's awesome. That's all you got to do. Like for the next six months, if you're a social media person, like everything, comment on everything, and share everything we put out. And here's why. There, the, the, algorithms push all of that to the front of the line. This is couldn't pay a million dollars for the kind of exposure that we will get if everybody in this church just does those things and it's totally free, okay? So if you can help us out with that, talk it up, buy some merch, um, and just a comment on the merch table in the lobby, we don't mark anything up. We just charge what we pay for it because we just want to get it out there in the community. But, you know, buy a hat, a t-shirt, whatever, just fly the flag as we make this transition. And the more that you can help with that, the better this is going to go. Guys, I really believe, like, in my bones, that what we're going to see in the years to come is going to blow us away. Our best is yet to come. We've done, this church, the story of this church is amazing but the best is yet to come. And uh, with these projects, with the, the Children's Center, with Costa Rica, with the Hope Centers, we are going to see amazing fruit for years and years 
in years. And then the campus is on top of that. I believe that's why we're here. I believe that's why we were planted here in 1979. God works on a longer timeline than we do. But I believe that's it. And I want to invite you to the journey. In little ways like being active on social media if you're on social. In big ways like praying like listening for God's voice and what He's calling you up to because I think He's going to be calling a lot of us up. You know, we can spend the few short years we have on this planet making ourselves fat, dumb, and happy, but we won't be happy, will we? That's a recipe for discontent. Or we can pursue God and His kingdom and His purposes and His mission, and every one of us gets to decide. You get to decide for you. But for me, when I stand before God, I want to have left it all on the field. I want to left it all on the field. And I want to hear those amazing words, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what I want you to hear too. So as we stand here on the precipice of a new day, keep all of that at the forefront of your mind. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank You that You have place this church here in Wheeling, West Virginia. God, that our community and our families and, our, and ourselves, Lord, we have been blessed and benefited so much. And thank You that You are calling us in this new season, Lord, to so much more. To bringing light. To bringing life. To bringing hope. To building bridges. God, help us to do it well. Fill us, Lord, with Your, your presence and Your power. And fill our minds with your dreams that we might join you in amazing adventures in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Vineyard Church podcast today. It's our greatest desire for people to find and follow God, and we hope this podcast is one way that helps you do just that. But don't stop here. We would love to see you face to face. God's people grow most in community, so don't forget you can join us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to connect with us in the meantime, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. You can catch up on previous messages and series, request prayer, and even download additional content. Thanks again for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.